Everyone who knows me knows that my dogs are never short on outfits. I buy leashes and collars like some people buy shoes and handbags. And my favorite collar is Iggy's custom-made Paco collar. Paco collars are 100% handmade from scratch by an amazing staff of artists, and the quality really is unparalleled. My dogs can't have collars that don't withstand wear and tear. They hike, they swim, they roll on dead stuff. These collars are guaranteed to last a lifetime, and they're designed to be worn by active dogs like mine. Iggy's collar is perfect for her. It's got purple stones, stars, and a beautiful design. There are literally thousands of design options to choose from, but don't worry. The staff at Paco loves helping customers pick out the best collar for their pets. That's exactly what they did when I went to their booth with Iggy. And they make stuff for humans too, so get over to pacocollars.com and buy the best collar you've ever had, and don't forget to enter promo code COGDOG for free shipping. Dog People of the Internet, Worked Up Camp is happening. You can get all of the information for it over on the Worked Up Camp event page on Facebook. So just search Worked Up Camp on Facebook. Um, you can also find it on the Cognitive Canine Facebook page. And you have to click either going or interested, and then you're going to get all of the updates that are posted to that page. What you need to know right now is that registration applications open April 15th. I'm only going to take those applications for a 10-day period, and then I'm going to let people know who is in as far as working spots go. So you've got to get your application filled out and sent over to me between April 15th and April 25th. So if you get the application in during that time, you'll be considered to have a working spot. But in order to get that application, you've got to get over to that event page and join it so that you can get all of those updates. And I hope to see your application soon. Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's me, Sarah Strumming of The Cognitive Canine, and this is Cog Dog Radio, a podcast about all things dog sports and dog training. Join me as I explore my cases and considerations regarding the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. I hope you enjoy it. As a lot of you guys know, I went to a continuing education workshop last week um, where I trained chickens. And... These kinds of workshops are actually, they've been around a really long time, and there's a lot of different people at different skill levels kind of putting them on, um, and this one was local to me and organized by a friend of mine, and I'm really lucky that I could go do that for four days, um, but this podcast is not about chicken camp. It's about the fact that at chicken camp, uh, we were handed these kind of pre-made spreadsheet type of uh, just pieces of paper, one of which we're supposed to keep records on our training sessions on. Um, and then the other one we were to track our rate of reinforcement on. So it was a rate of reinforcement track sheet as well as a record keeping sheet. And all that's great. That's good tr training practices to keep notes, um, to keep good records. But I looked at these sheets and I just kind of have this overwhelming sense of anxiety as I do when I look at um, spreadsheets a lot of the time. Anxiety about spreadsheets, I know. Um, you'd be surprised because when I mention this, 
people say me too all the time. So I am a little more comfortable now saying it. <laughs> but generally speaking, um, I don't like to look at a piece of paper with a bunch of little boxes on it. Um, and that's kind of neither here nor there. But what was interesting was I turned around and I saw um, a friend of mine, not my organizing friend, but another friend of mine who's a trainer was at the workshop and she kind of had a look on her face and I said, what's the matter? And she said, um, I just don't like this record keeping system. And I said, um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. And it, it was not a, not a dig on the organizer or whoever made this record system because a record system is a good thing. And making a record system that works for an individual really is tough and kind of needs to be done by the individual. Um, but then she and I got to talking about how do you keep records when you're averse to spreadsheets? How do you keep records when um, these kind of pre-made pages like this kind of stress you out, when paperwork stresses you out? If I had to really, you know, broaden this um, anxiety that I have, I would say it is about paperwork in general. Um, when I look at a form that needs to be filled out, I think a lot of us look at a form and we go, oh God, another form. So I'm not saying that everybody loves them, but most people don't feel a genuine anxiety and I actually do. So I worry about this stuff. And since I have a severe anxiety about it, I found a way around it. Um, and it might be interesting to you guys because I know a lot of people struggle to keep records. I know a lot of people struggle to kind of find the fun in that or take joy in that. Um, a lot of people feel that good record keeping just is this tedious thing that you don't have to do if you're good enough and yada yada. And in reality, good trainers are keeping records. Good trainers are keeping data on their sessions. Um, it is a good idea. It is a good thing to do. And it will feel monotonous a lot of the time, but it will also change your training and it will make it better. Um, and so here's what I do. I have a notebook and I track sessions in the notebook and I don't take a lot of notes as I go, but I do video all of my sessions. So I just video the session, watch the session as I'm watching it, I make some notes. I make notes on the reinforcer that I use, the reinforcer strategy that I used, the goal behavior, um, the current approximations that I'm reinforcing, and I make notes about where I'd like to go in the next session. That little note, that little what I want to do next time note is vital. And this is all just me kind of scribbling. I like a notebook with blank pages um, you could do a notebook with lines. You could do a notebook with um, graph paper. I've definitely done that before. Um, the reason I like blank pages is because I draw a lot of pictures. So I'll draw a picture of my setup um, with my reinforcement strategy kind of documented there. I take notes right on that page as I watch the video. So I just mark um, numbers of times that I reinforce with little hash marks. I also like to mark how many of those reinforcements 
was actually kind of the next approximation that I would like to do. So in the case of my running dog walk, let's say I'm counting reinforcements, but then I'm also looking for those super deep, um, deep in the yellow two rear foot separated rear foot hits. I'm going to count how many of those were actually those because I want to move on to only selecting for those. So I'm saying, you know, that's informing what my next approximations um, are going to be that I want to select for in my next session. And all of that can happen just on this sheet as the video is playing. Um, and then I can, you know, just jot down some numbers, jot a picture, write about how it went, and very importantly, write what I intend to do next time. And then when I go to train next time, I can grab my notebook, open it to the last page, um, and see what my plan was. And that's really great because I tend not to train the same stuff every day. I tend to just kind of alternate. So um, today's a Monday, I'm recording on a Monday, and I had an agility trial over the weekend as I often do. And so I give my dogs a break from most things on those Mondays as well as myself. So it's me catching up on work, catching up on house stuff. And we, you know, they definitely get their enrichment and their exercise, but they might not get a training session or they might get a training session in another discipline like obedience, but they won't be on any agility equipment. So that means that it could have been last Thursday or Wednesday that I trained, let's say, my running dog walk um, or any other contact piece of equipment. And now here I will be on a Tuesday wanting to train it again. So if it was nearly a week ago that I trained this, I definitely won't remember where I left off. And I could go back to the video, but I don't keep all those videos. I delete them. Um... A lot of the time, if I need them, I'll put them up on YouTube. But again, I, I don't want to do that. I want to get out the notebook, see the note about what I'm going to do in the next session, and boom, ready to go. Um, you also will be able to find patterns in your training through data. I don't think that we have to sit here and argue about why data is so important. Um, instead, I'm going to argue some ways that you can make data collection easier for you. Because if you just have a little notebook that's stored in your training bag or in your training room, that's great. If videoing feels really tedious to you, that like data collection is a really important thing for you to be doing. Just do it on your smartphone. It doesn't need to be a big production. Um, if for some reason you can't put a whiteboard up in your training um, area and, you know, just quick jot down what you want to do um, or, or, you know, how many reinforcements you used. And that can be done by just counting out cookies. So count out the cookies, say I'm going to use this 20 cookies in the next minute. So use a timer and count your cookies and then you'll know what your rate of reinforcement is. And then you can just jot down what your rate of reinforcement is right there on the whiteboard um, without having to go back and count in the video. The video, again, though, is really important for counting those next approximations. So saying which ones of those clicks um, were actually the next behavior that I'm after. That's where the video comes in really, really handy. And then making the notebook really work for you. Like I said, I like blank pages the best. Um, I like to use colored pens. Um, I like to use different colors for different dogs so that it's kind of an easy system for me if I know what dog I'm talking about. Um, and, you know, maybe you're a sticker person. <laughs> maybe you like stickers. Maybe you like highlighters. Maybe you 
are ultra organized and want a three ring binder with spreadsheets and all of that stuff, whatever makes it easier for you to keep records, do it because record keeping will improve your training in such an immense way. Um, I'm not sure that you can understand how much better you will get until you actually start doing it. Um, And that's what my friend and I kind of talked about is that record keeping is great. She had the hang up of not wanting to use anybody else's spreadsheet, not wanting to make one of her own because Excel kind of stresses her out. Um, But I look at her planner and it's full of stickers and different colors and all these great things. And she's got a good system there. And she can easily just apply that to a notebook specifically for training and, you know, make it as fun as you need to make it put, you know, have personalized notebooks for different dogs. I think that's a great thing to do. Um, The one thing that doesn't make sense, and a lot of people get into this trap, and a lot of people do this, is they just take kind of random notes um, while maybe their trainer is talking. If you can't go back and decipher those notes, if you can't go back and see kind of an easy bullet list of things to understand from those notes, then it's not going to work for you. So I think that's why people go the spreadsheet route or they go the chart kind of route is so that it's actually legible and you can go back and understand um, what you were talking about before. So just make sure that if you are going to scribble down some notes while somebody is talking, that you very soon after that go back, tear apart the notes and make a bullet list out of it. And it can, it doesn't, again, doesn't need to be on a spreadsheet. It can just be on the next page. Um, One thing that I got um, that's a good idea that I picked up at the ranch when I was there. So another continuing education um, workshop that I did, we took notes there as well. And we had a rating system for our sessions. So it was a zero through five. Zero would be the animal didn't cooperate at all. Five would be the animal, you know, absolutely laid a golden egg or whatever. (laughs) Some miracle occurred. And then three would be a normal average training session, normal rate of reinforcement for you and that animal, um, normal food taking, that kind of thing. So three would be normal. And then, you know, under three could be something out of the ordinary and not great happened. And then over three would be out of the ordinary and excellent happened. Um, And so there's just that little rating and then the notes. And what I really like about that zero through five rating system is that you can really quickly flip through your notes and say, you know, what am I getting on this behavior? So let's say I'm working on scent articles. Am I getting twos consistently on scent articles? Because that means I need to change something. Am I getting fours or fives? Well, then maybe it's time for me to progress faster and do, you know, do something better. How you decide on your number, um, you know, at the ranch, we were, we were given some kind of solid things to go by and then the rest of it was arbitrary. So it would be, you know, is the animal eating? Is the animal um, staying engaged with you? You know, then you're going to call it a three. If the animal left or refused to eat, then we could talk about numbers under three. And then only if there were major breakthroughs, would you do anything over a three, which meant that most of our sessions were threes. And it's important to be able to then flip back through those notes and see that most of the sessions are threes versus let's say we've got one animal who most of their sessions are under a three, no matter who's working with them. Maybe that animal's sick. Maybe there's something else going on with them and you need to address it. And if it's your dog and it's less than a three, 
again, some bigger picture things might need to change. So record keeping, while not fun um, for me, is really important for me. And it's one of those things right there with videoing that has taken my training to the next level and I think can take your training to the next level as well. I think a lot of us are videoing now and that's really good, but the video does make it easy to record keep as well. So just go back, watch your video, um, take a few notes, maybe comment on your rate of reinforcement and move on. So that's kind of my tips for record keeping. If you guys have some more tips for record keeping, make sure you weigh in on the conversation um, on the CogDog Radio Facebook page. And don't forget that the Worked Up Camp application for working spots is now available. So if you would like to have a working spot at camp, you can fill out an application and you can find that application on the Cog on the Cognitive Canine Facebook page. And we'll go ahead and put a link to it up on the CogDog Radio Facebook page as well. Thanks for listening to CogDog Radio. If you have questions or suggestions, shoot them over to CogDogRadio at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like the CogDog Radio Facebook page. And until next time, happy training.